You're listening to The Upland Rookie, a podcast presented by Upland Brits, B Pro Kennels, Final Rise, and a Nook Shook Professional Dog Food. And on today's episode, I sit down with my good buddy from Canada, Jody Funk of Maple Made Co. We talk about dogs, his story, all that good stuff. So buckle up, it's going to be a good one. Big thanks to our title sponsor, B Pro Kennels. B Pro Kennels is a small business creating ultra high quality and custom dog boxes for the gun dog owner like you and I. No matter how big your string of dogs, B Pro Kennels will make sure you have a box that fits your needs for you and your gun dogs. With an innovative storage design and built-in solar panel and battery bank for quick access to charging accessories like dog collars, lights, fans, you name it. This is a dog box unlike anything you've seen before. Check them out at bprokennels.com. Oh, and they're made right here in the USA. And this is presented by Anook Shook Professional Dog Food, the world's highest energy dog food, period. Anook Shook's dense formulations ensure your pup in training and your seasoned bird dog get what they need to succeed in the field. High protein for muscle recovery and retention, high fat for quick access to much needed energy. Anook Shook works hard so your dogs can work harder. Check them out at anookshookpro.com. This podcast is also presented to you by Final Rise. All good things start with a solid foundation. At Final Rise, all three of their premium Upland vests are built around the foundational waist belt to provide you all-day comfort and endless customization. With a secure waist belt and thin, high-quality shoulder harness, this is the vest you can load down with birds and walk all day in. Final Rise is creating high-functioning Upland gear that delivers comfort, balance, and a lifetime of memories. Check them out at finalrise.com. And this podcast is sponsored by Trinity Bretons, home of the Epignol Breton, also known as the French Brittany. All Trinity Breton dogs are from champion bloodlines that are field-tested and family-approved. For over 33 years, Trinity Bretons has worked to offer you the best bred Epignol Breton in the country. Trinity offers puppies, the Trinity Upland Academy with George Hickox, Started Dogs, Stud Services, and a whole lot more. Check them out at trinitybretons.com. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast. So glad you guys are joining me today. Uh, thank you to everyone who has been sharing your Spotify uh, top listen to podcasts over the last couple of weeks. It's been so fun seeing the Upland Rookie podcast, uh, the top of your charts or most listened to podcasts out there. Um, I think I was most proud of, I was, uh, I think one of them I was just above or just under the Joe Rogan podcast. That was pretty freaking awesome. Uh, uh, again, I don't remember the listener who posted this, but thank you uh, for sharing that. Thanks for listening. Um, it's been a heck of a year uh, doing this podcast again, and it's just been super, super fun um, to get on uh, these guests on the show. And um, I mean, you guys probably know we'd never run out of things to talk about. And so um, thank you for your support. Thanks for sharing the show. Uh, thanks for all the tagging as well. You guys have been doing a ton of uh, social media tagging in Facebook and Instagram. Um, so really, really appreciate that. It's really been helping the show grow even more over these last couple months. So, hey, I'm going to keep this intro super short. Um, I've had, if you followed along my uh, personal social media, um, 
we've had a flurry of sickness wipe through our house. Actually, the day I recorded the episode you're, you're going to listen to here in a second, um, I was in my garage. I started not to feel well during the interview, Get the, kind of started to get the body aches and chills and all that good stuff. And so I came down with the flu. The rest of the family all came down with it. We had... I mean, a flurry of, of illness. Our baby had RSV. She was in the hospital for a couple of days, um, but she is home now, which is uh, super, we're super grateful for that. She needed a little oxygen support. Um, so all that to say, been a little under the weather, been a little crazy here in the Larson household. But um, so we're going to keep this short, uh, get back into tending to sick children, a sick wife. I know it's, it's just never ending. So um, anyways, this episode, Jody Funk um, and I, we've been chatting for quite a while, ever since I think he popped on Instagram a while back. And um, we're just, uh, <laughs> you can tell by some of the banter in the beginning, we, we know each other pretty well. And uh, it was just fun to unpack his story more. He, he visits us all the way up from Canada. Uh, we talk some hockey, of course. Uh, we talk about his vishlas, getting into upland hunting, uh, what he's learned. And again, I love these conversations because I'm getting to talk with someone who's fairly new himself to upland hunting. And so uh, it's been a ton of fun to kind of get some real, real time um, new perspective on what he's learning currently with his dogs, uh, hunting wild birds, all that good stuff. So I think you're really going to enjoy this one. Be sure to rate and review the podcast if you can on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. And uh, it's really going to help the show keep growing. So anyways, guys, thank you so much for, again, the support. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. And uh, we'll be talking to you again real soon when we crank out the next one. So uh, until then, enjoy the conversation with Jody Funk. We're going to lose all the good hockey talk, which is sad. And so, I, yeah, we can just chit chat for a little bit and we'll just kind of jump in yeah, sure. naturally. I don't like doing a hard like, all right, we're recording. Put your, yeah, put right. your radio voice on. <laughs> I, I got a face for radio. Isn't that what oh, yeah. Well, you do. <laughs> but no, just go back, you go back to your, your flames and how you're you're not a good Canadian citizen. I'm not a good Canadian citizen because I, I don't watch a lot of hockey. Yeah. It, it, uh, you know, when the whole strike came along, and I'm like, I think we lost, we lost the hot, we lost the heart of playing hockey. Yeah. Well, okay. Hold on. Do you feel good about admitting that though on air, like that you're not, you don't watch a lot of hockey? Yeah, I'm fine with it. You are. I'm fine with. It. I hunt more than I watch hockey, and <laughs> and whatever. It. Uh, I mean, that's, I that's good. That's a good thing, but. I never played hockey growing up, so maybe that's you know. God, part of the you admitted that on air too. I did. Jeez, just air yeah, out all, only... air out all your dirty laundry. Why don't you? Okay. Well, if they're gonna know me, they might as well know me. <laughs> so we're so folks, we're talking with a, uh, a not a true Canadian who likes that's to right. say he's Canadian. Um, so just want to make sure everyone's clear of, of who they're listening to. That's right. That's that's all good. Yeah, yeah. I am from Canada, born and raised. I do drink Tim Hortons, <laughs> but I don't watch hockey. Tim, Tim freaking Hortons. I love that place. We used to do a lot of fishing in Canada and uh, Tim Hortons is like a, a must, a must stop yeah, for us. The double, double. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna let you off the hook about the hockey things. So we're going to folks, if you get bored, you're gonna of, come you want to, oh yeah, we're going to come back. We're going to start because I pulled up the stats um, before we, of course <laughs> you would, before we're done. So just to let everyone know that right now the flames are fifth in their division right now behind yeah. Edmonton. And which is even more sad, okay, buckle up for this one, behind the Seattle Kraken. So you're struggling. I'll say that. Your, your team is struggling. We are struggling. Yeah. But um, we'll, come, we'll come back. We'll come back. You, you know, it really, the only thing that matters to me is that we beat, we beat Edmonton. 
See, I love Edmonton. They're a, they're a close second behind the Avs and the Hawks. Well, I guess they're a Get third behind here. the Hawks and the Avs. You know what we you know what we Calgarians call Edmonton? I, please tell me. Deadmonton. Oh, that's sad. You guys well, aren't you guys just, aren't very good with your like going for them. You guys aren't very good with your uh your jabs, <laughs> I guess. I mean, they have freaking Connor McDavid, the best player in the world right now, mind you. And they had Rob Lowe too as a coach. Rob Lowe. Oh my I don't know if that's saying much. Um, but no, you have Connor McDavid, and, and my six-year-old thinks he is God. Um, he, has, he has his McDavid jersey, and he's you're, freaking you, amazing to watch. You, wait, what? You allow your, your, your child to wear an Oiler jersey? 100% I do. I support it. We love all hockey in this, this house, just not Calgary. I'm sending him a Flames jersey. A Kippersaw, an old one. A Kippersaw. Oh, my gosh. Isn't he dead? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's playing in Germany somewhere okay. on a park okay. league. I so here's a fun fact for you too. I um so Keith Kachuk was my favorite player growing up. Okay, and the Blues, the Jets, he, he was Coyotes for a while, and now his both his boys are playing. And so I I did for a little bit. I was like I could get on board with the Flames because when Matthew Kachuk was playing, right. now he jumped ship because he said this is a hot mess, and I'm going to go to Florida. Was, yeah, you know Sutter. They brought Sutter back last year, right? Which, By the way, the the most hilarious coach in in history. He is a straight shooter. He's. <laughs> he, I love watching his press conferences. Hey, hey. He's a he's a he's a cowboy. He's an Alberta he, cowboy. Yeah. He yeah, talks he about is. like helping his brothers on the farm, like during press conferences. Like, yeah, after this, he's like, I'm going up to the farm and bale some hay. Yeah, we got to get them Vince full. Like, <laughs> let's get on with this press conference. I got stuff to to do. Oh man. It's so good. It's so entertaining. I love it. Yeah, so brother. anyways, folks, just so you know, Calgary is behind the Seattle Kraken. And I think that's saying a lot right there. Well, we'll come back in the new year and see where we're at. Mm, yeah, you can you can keep keep thinking that. You know, dare to dream, Arnold. Dare to dream. <laughs> and uh, I'm also, I have a little uh, pen and paper here. So here's, yep. my, here's my paper. Here's my pen. And so okay. during this conversation, I'm going to mark down how many times I hear the word A. So far, none. No, you said it once, like two seconds ago. <laughs> you didn't even know it. You're like, eh? <laughs> you know, I, was reading, I was reading your questions like... Did, it, did I spell it right even? A. Is yeah, it, you did. Yeah. I did. Okay. It's just like E-H, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this will be a fun conversation this, already. This derpy, I can tell. I, it has the feelings. It has the makings of a... Of, does. A, of a good one so we'll see how this goes we'll see how this goes well jody why don't you uh you put us on a map brother let's let's kind of dive in here uh put us on a map tell us uh tell us a little bit about who you are sure i am in calgary or just north of calgary alberta so for those southern friends that is pretty much straight north of great falls montana i'm about five and a half hours north of great falls okay. right so to the rockies to the west and to the prairies to the east of me I'm smack dab in the middle of big game hunting and, and other kinds of upland hunting that is new to me, but it, it seems to be a pretty good location for both. Nice. Um, yeah, so I'm in construction, I guess you could say construction management and contracting. That's what I do day-to-day stuff. And then, uh, yeah, just follow the guys like likes of you and try to glean some stuff but yeah that's that's where i'm located that's what that's i do awesome. my day-to-day stuff man that's awesome man very cool say so, yeah, you, you kind of sounds like you got you're kind of like around that line of again mountains big game prairies small game upland kind of stuff yeah exactly so uh to the west of me for those who have heard of banff national park 
Uh, it's kind of a hot spot for tourists. I'm about an hour and a half east okay. of Banff National Park. So yeah, elk, mule deer, whitetail, antelope, bighorn sheep, goats, um, black bear. You know, nice. yeah, upland. Yeah, just big game central. Yeah, um, awesome. yeah, it's kind of cool. Awesome. Have you have? Here's a fun question. Have you ever been to the states? I have been to the states. You have? Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's you want awesome. me to name them now, don't you? Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> <laughs> uh, percent. No, I. Uh, who is it? Brian. Brian from uh, from Anukshuk. Him. Last podcast I did with him. Oh, cool. Um, he uh, he was kind of giving me a little like education on Canada, right? It's, so it's broken up into providence provinces. Provinces is correct. Yes. Provinces, and there's seven of those. Yep. Okay. Hey, look at look. I retained something. There you go. That's all I know. Yeah. So Alberta <laughs> is between uh, British Columbia and Saskatchewan. So Saskatchewan would be uh, north of the Dakotas. Okay. And then I'm above Montana. And then Washington would be above uh, or below British Columbia. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And you, how far, I guess, how far over the border from like Mon- Montana border are you? From the border, I'm about uh, three and a half hours. Oh, okay. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Are you familiar with Montana? Like Great Falls? And- a little bit. Yeah. I mean, a little bit, but. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm. From Great Falls and about five and a half hours north. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome, man. You uh, you get much fishing in during the uh during the summer summer months or just Um you know, I like to fish. I tried fly fishing a few times and then I sold all that gear because I was terrible at it. And so now I'm just a spin caster. Okay, know? there you go. Um I like I like canoe trips. I really do enjoy that. Um there's a Alberta is not great for lakes. Um, okay. Manitoba, Saskatchewan are better for that, but we do have some northern lakes that have some decent fishing. Okay, and I've uh, had the pleasure of, of uh, doing some canoe circuits up that way. But Fair Ontario's nice. by far even better than that. It's probably Canada's best uh, kept secret for our not okay. so kept secret. Okay, <clears throat> for lakes and, and fishing. Yeah, okay. And that's that's e- more east of you. Yeah, that's east okay. of Manitoba. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We, um, I'm trying to remember where we would go up. We'd go up to like through Minnesota, straight north of that. Yes. Um, you're probably Lake of the Woods. Yes. 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 I have fished there actually. Okay. It's fantastic. Yeah. It awesome. Yeah. Walleye fishing there is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. The walleye, uh, northern muskies, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was fun times. Yeah, brother. And fishing is good. Yeah. I, I do enjoy it. That's awesome. Anything outdoors, actually, I really enjoy, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it seems like you're out there quite a bit, just you know, just enjoying the outdoors and mm-hmm. dogs, whether it's hunting or whatever it might be. So whatever I can get my hands on, yeah, I bet That's you. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, Jody, want to learn more a little bit about you? Um, you know, so was I guess was hunting a part of your of your upbringing? Is it something you started later in life? Um, t- talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. I uh, hunting was not part of my immediate family. Music was more of our uh, thing. But I had uncles that were into hunting, and I didn't. Go, I went on my first hunting trip when I was, uh, I think, thirteen or fourteen. Uh, my uncles were going for spring bears, and they're like, so I was begging to go along, and they're like, yeah, you can come along, but you first got to read this book, and the book was on bear attacks, like true life stories on bear attacks. Mm, wow! And he's like, if you want to go after this, <laughs> what a book! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, if you want to come after you've read this book, then you can come along. And I'm like, all right. So I, I read through the book. I'm like, yeah, yeah, count me in. How, let's do this. <laughs> sign me up still, really? Yeah, sign me up. So I flew over to their province because they're in Manitoba. And uh, yeah, went hunting with them. And I was I was along for the ride. Let's be sure. I wasn't hunting, but I was along. 
And I was hooked. I was like, dude, I got to get a gun. I got to just, so I started buying like big buck hunting magazines and sure. just reading as much as I could and kind of getting the bug that way. <clears throat> and then I didn't start hunting till in my twenties. I think it was 20. I started, okay. started hunting big game okay. and yeah, just been hunting big game ever since. Nice. Yeah, nice, man. That's awesome. Do you, is that something you're still pretty, pretty active in up or like the big game as well? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, uh, I've had a few really cool opportunities to do some international hunting with some family. Oh, nice. And so that, that's been pretty cool. Um, but those trips are few and far, but yeah, I, I still love it. Like yeah. I'm getting tired of sitting in, I'll be honest, sitting in ground blinds at minus 30 up here. Sure. Um, oh yeah. That's gotta be right. not the most enjoyable thing. <laughs> oh right? yeah. I really love it. But, uh, <laughs> no, if I can get out for a couple of days, like we do get Chinooks up here. So we do get breaks in the weather. Okay. Uh, so, well, you, we could see 20 degrees difference, di- difference from morning to, to evening. Oh wow. And, uh, and so, yeah, if we get those days, that's the days I want to get out and hunt. And it seems yeah. to be there's there's more movement. And, and and that's called a what? A Chinook? Chinook. Okay. A break in the weather? Yes, yeah, so we get a northern a northwestern front that brings in okay. warm weather with itself. And so you can usually see it because it'll be like cloud cover and it's starting oh, to roll through. Tough. And then yeah, we'll get into the plus digits on a Very winter cool. day. Yeah. Like today, okay. for example, it's like maybe five degrees. Okay. Celsius. Yeah, yeah so say, yeah. Do the math, <laughs> folks. Do the math. You figure it out. I'm not. Doing <laughs> so I'm not it doing it for you. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So okay, so so started hunting big game in your 20s. Now, when did when did the uh, the dog come along? When did Upland come along for you? And I guess how did that come about for you? Yeah, sure. And, and I'll be. I'll kind of state the obvious. I mean, some listeners might be thinking this too. When I think of Upland hunting, I don't think of Canada. I, I don't know. It might just be my living in the states view <laughs> or, or what it might be. So I I don't think that is a natural like where my mind goes to, but I guess talk about how you, again, what started you down yeah. the upland path? I think too, for a lot of people that when they think of, of bird hunting in Canada, they think of migratory birds, right? The, the mm. mallards, the snow, the geese and so on and so forth. Sure. Myself included. So if I was to back up, yeah, I was looking for a dog and I was, I was looking for either a Vigla, a GSP, a Rhodesian Ridgeback. Hmm. Um, this is, this is going back like six years ago. So got looking and I'd, I'd come across this right up on the Vizsla, how they are considered to be the Velcro dog of, of, of dogs. Sure. And so, uh, I was talking to some breeders across Canada and then actually I was listening to your podcast and this was kind of ironic, but I was going, I went on Kijiji, which is our Canadian Craigslist, if, or if you will. Okay. <laughs> nice. Kijiji. Kijiji. Yeah. Oh, nice. it's Canadian. Oh Yeah. And so I got looking on there and I found this, this Vizsla, uh, in my <clears throat> nearest city to me here, uh, for sale. So I contacted the gal and, uh, it turns out they were going through, you know, a, a family crisis and they had to part with the dog. And, uh, I just fell in love with the dude. His name was Theus. And I'm like, all right, cool, cool. So ended up purchasing him and then just going around doing, uh, like camping and canoeing and backpack tripping and so on and so forth. And, um, as, as fate would have it, we actually lost him a year and a half ago to cancer. I only had him for five years, but I got in touch with a local bird, uh, club member and asked him about the dog and so on and so forth. He's like, ah, it's probably a little too late. Be hard to train him now. And, and I'm like, ah, okay, whatever. And I didn't know anything. Right. So I just took him at his word. Didn't really search it out too much. Hindsight's 2020. 
I wish I'd had because I think he would have been a, a sweet dog to hunt behind. But and he was he was how old when you got him? A year and a half. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it was it was too bad, right? Because knowing what I know now, I certainly had seen uh, that instinct in him just sure. via taking him for walks and stuff. And I'm like, geez, I wish I'd I wish I'd spent the time or at least had the resources I do now to me uh, to have trained him or at least brought that out of him anyway sure uh lost him to, to cancer and then started the then started this sort of search for a bird hunting dog hmm. uh, or <laughs> i use that term, that term very loosely but uh that would be my sort of thought behind Let, let's do something sure. with this dog right so i then i started the the transition of looking for dogs here in canada and looking at breeders and only only few that were registered with CKC actually got back to me, and I didn't I didn't connect with the breeder. And I thought to myself, if I'm going to buy from a breeder, there's got to be a connection. Otherwise, mm. it's it's not going to work. Sure. So without having any success in Canada, then I looked on the U.S. side and I, I got poking around. I talked to a gal down in, if my memory serves me right, it was around Kentucky somewhere. Okay. And um, she's like, you know, I don't really. I don't ship dogs anymore because of flight times and stuff and layovers and whatever else. So unless you want to come and get them it's, or her, it's, it's not going to work for me, blah, blah, blah. But there is a breeder closer to you in Montana. So I contacted her and, and we just hit it off. Mm-hmm. Now, she's a, P, she's a Vizsla and Weimariner breeder. And yeah. uh, she had, remember, she had Vizslas on the ground and I think Wyme's coming. Okay. And she's like, what, you know, what are you thinking? I'm like, ah, I'm thinking Vizsla, da, 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 da. Anyways, I hemmed and I hawed a little too long. And uh, she had one female left. And she's like, mm-hmm. I was was planning to keep her for myself. But being how serious you are about this and in your interest, if you want her, I will I'll sell her to you. So I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, cool. Then COVID came and uh, – we actually got sick, so I couldn't go across the border to get her. Oh, okay. So then I actually hired a broker from from Calgary, not far from where I live, okay. and she goes down to Montana all the time oh, to wow. bring dogs back or across the border. So I, sure. I was really fortunate enough to hit her up a week before she was leaving for this route. Oh, wow. Yeah. So long story short, uh, she brought her back. And then, uh, you know, I was sick at home for two weeks, which in, in hindsight was a blessing in disguise because I was literally sure. taking the dog pee, laying on the couch. The dog. Yeah, you have, I mean, it's a good time with a, with a young, young pup. Yeah, so. if you're going to get it, that'd probably be the good time. Yeah. I mean, sort of lack of sleep and rest and you're trying to get sure, yourself. Sure. But exactly. you know, looking back, it was a good bonding time for those two weeks, yeah. right? So. Was she, was she a pretty young pup too at the time still? Yeah, she was, I think she was. 14 or 15 weeks when I got her. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. So, yeah. So That's long and awesome, short, man. it was, uh, so, so she's pretty young. I, I thought she was a little older. So she's, she's still what? Only two then, right? Yeah. Or she's only a year and a half. Now? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So she's, she's young. Yeah. Um, so backing up in your story just a little bit and we, we can move on sure. a little bit here, but, um, so I guess, so you got your first dog. It was with Theus, you said? Correct. Okay. So you got your first dog. Did you have like bird hunting in mind when you got him or just more of like, Hey, I also want a dog, you know, out, outdoor buddy. Like, I guess when was the tipping point of like bird hunting, like really cross your path? Like, Hey, I really want to try this, get into it, et cetera. Yeah. That, 
that didn't come till I had Millie. So with Theus, it was just, you know, we did backpack trips and camping and overnighters all the time, not all the time, but quite often, uh, winter sure. camping and stuff like that. He was just a trooper. Like if he was up for anything, whenever, like I'm always ready to go. Sure. So, so for him, it was just that for her, it started out that way too. I just want an outdoor companion and I'm happy with that. Um, and then talking with the breeder, she's like, you know, she does come from lineage uh, Steve, Steve Zobel out of, uh, I'm trying to remember the dog's name now, Jailbreak. Um, so he's, okay. she's a lineage of that. And, um, and he's got some good pedigree behind him. And then it wasn't until I started field trialing that the hunting came after that, right? Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. so I jumped into field trialing before I even considered upland hunting. Wow. Okay. And with Theus, right? With Millie. With Millie. Okay. With Millie. So, so you got Millie and then it's like, Hey, let's, let's do some trials. Was that something the breeder kind of suggested or mm-hmm. nudge you towards you? You were like, no. you found out about it and said, Hey, let's, let's give it a, tr- a well, try. Well, ironically enough, I was, I was talking to her and I was like, Hey, you know, I've, I've been thinking about maybe doing more with Millie. Um, what are your suggestions? And she's like, you know what? There's two, there's two NAVDA chapters in your area. Uh, get them, become members of, of the NAVDA chapters and then, um, you know, see who else you can source out. And then she actually did um, some sire um, trading, I guess you will, uh, out of a breeder for, for uh, Weinreiners, not too far from a town from me. So she gave me that gent's number. So I call him up and I'm like, hey, dude, look, I'm just looking for some training tips. And, you know, could you point me in the right direction? And then he says, uh, yeah, call this. You'll love this. Call Amigo Kennels out of uh, Didsbury, a town near me. Uh, they're Brittany breeders and yeah, see, I knew you'd love that. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, they, they've got a couple Canadian champions under their belt. Uh, go talk to them. I'm like, all right. So I got a 14 week old pup and, uh, I, I call this, call this, these people up and I'm like, Hey, I got this pup. I don't know what I'm doing. I got your number from so-and-so. And he, he told me I should come see you. And I'm like, all right, how's your pup? Blah, blah, blah. All right. Yeah. Bring her out. So I drive out there, it's twenty-five minute drive. They got pigeons, they got chuckers, they got pheasants, they got you know, they got the thing Perfect. set up to, to work with dogs. And they put the dog down and uh, they tie a pigeon's wing up, you know, and let it run around. And doesn't she run out there and point to this little pigeon, right? Of course, I knew yeah. owner, I'm like just over the moon, so sure, excited about this. And um they're like, Yeah, okay, well bring her back in two weeks. I'm like, that's it. Yep, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> see you later. later i'm like oh okay cool so <laughs> i was just in for the ride right and so then yeah. and, and they're also judges at ckc events and stuff like that and so okay. like hey you know what you should put millie into a into a derby or an open puppy and, and and just see you know i think you'd really like it she'd really uh would do well in the thing and i'm like ah, yeah okay so i call my breeder up i'm like hey donna uh here's a deal i'm gonna put millie into a an open puppy in a, in a derby. It's like, Oh, all right, cool, cool. I'm like, so what should I do? <laughs> what do you, uh, what's next? What do I do? It's like, well, go get a starter pistol. And, um, you know, when she points the birds, flush the bird and pull the trigger. Like just, she goes, I'll just tell you one thing. Okay. Keep your mouth shut and follow your dogs, your dog's ours. That's it. I'm like, great advice right there. I'm like, that's it. Eh? All right. So <laughs> that's what I did, man. Um, <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. and even prior to that, I would 
I went to a couple of uh, CKC trials just to watch. I got no dog in hand. Sure. Uh, I went around, talked to different owners of different breeds, uh, picked their brain. I jumped in a couple of puppies, some advanced. Like I just talked nice. to judges. I just spent like two days there asking yeah. questions. And then yeah. the next time I brought her out, I'm like, all right, I recognize that person from the last year. Yeah, you you cut, you had a scope of the land, what the what the flow was like, what the people were yeah. like. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's a kudos to you, man, for for doing that because that's that's half the battle. I, I mean, people reach out to me, you know, here and there, I'm like, hey, like, you know, how do I start? What do I do? And it, it's kind of like listen, like listen, like listen to you. I would tell people like like this episode right now because it's like you, you put in the work. Right. You know, you put in the work, you went to events, you asked questions, talk to judges, what, you know, talk to the breeder. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm saying all this to like kind of make a point of like, it's not easy. It's not going to, going to come to you or fall in your lap. Right. Like you have to put in some work and travel and be vulnerable to reach out to someone you don't know and be like, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing here. Can you, can you point me yeah. in the right direction? Right. Yeah. And even after the trial, like, so she was uh, 10 months old, I guess last June when I took her. And I didn't know anything, right? And so sure. I do my brace, whatever, da da da. And then I go ask the judge. I'm like, hey, you know, um, anything, any advice, any insight you'd have for the dog or even me as a handler? Because I actually don't know what I'm doing. Other than just showed up sure. with the dog and let her run around and uh, just follow her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just follow her, right? So, and, and it was good because I, I had some things happen during those trials. I didn't know what to do. And, mm. and so, uh, you know, I can give you an example. In fact, tell you the story. <clears throat> yeah. So one of the open derbies that we did, um, <clears throat> my brace mate was a similar aged um, German shorted pointer, but probably three times her size, like just a monster huh. of, a, of a GSP. So the race starts, starts its preface. The handler of the GSP is an older woman. Um, and so she's got two very large GSPs. I think she's a breeder. Da, 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 da. Of course, I've never met her. I haven't met anybody. So off we yeah. go. And, uh, and and contrary to the, what the advice of my uh, breeder gave me, this other handler was just like yakking and, and really yelling at the dog sure. to advance and come back. And, and I'm just like, I don't even know what to, I don't know how to process this. Well, yeah, because in the moment you're you're probably then like confused, like should I be doing that too, right? Yeah, like, and a new handler, like my nerves are going, and I'm and I'm not yeah. sure what this dog, but her dog is is there for a good time. So Millie, up to this point, had done an open derby and two puppies. So this was her last derby, okay. and um, so we kind of I kind of had a little bit of insight, I guess, as to what is to do. The planters kind of plant the birds in similar spots, you know, for the dogs and stuff. So I kind of expected where to find a bird, I guess you might say. Sure. So we are going on and uh, and this dog is running around and jumping on top of Millie and carrying on and wants to play. And she's looking to hunt because she's already experienced this track twice before. Sure. At one point, I start, so I start to advance ahead of the other handler to try to give me some space between her and her dog so then my dog can just work um but the dog doesn't stick with the handler it's following me and i hear the other judge her judge say uh handler are you gonna call your dog back and she said i overhear say no she he does this in the dog park all the time and i'm like oh great okay yeah 
So at one point, uh, Millie's kind of working this area and the dog comes in and side and hits her from the side. Yeah. Oh, and she kind of turns to the dog and kind of like gives it a, you know, barks and goes at it a bit to like to tell the dog to back off. And, uh, so the dog kind of scanters around. Millie comes around this bush and goes on point. I flush this bird, shoot the bird or pull my, uh, pistol and, uh, and we carry on throughout the end. So at the end of this, I go to my, my judge. I'm like, okay, so what, what could you recommend to that? And, and sure. she's like, you know, what you could have done is, uh, instead of going ahead too far is either stopped and said, you know, can, can we separate or, or judges, mm-hmm. you know, can we do something about this, this, uh, behavior or something so that sure. the judges then get involved in the, because when she said, as you got further and further ahead and I, I actually finished the brace 10 minutes before the other handler sure. even came to mm-hmm. crossing the, fin- crossing sure, the end. Okay. Of it. So <clears throat> all that to say, I learned some things about that. The thing that I, I, I took away from that the most was if my dog can be calm about that, I can be calm about that. Mm. So not to get yeah. too anxious or worked up because she can also feed off of that. Right. Sure. So I, I actually really le- leaned on her, on, on her yeah. ability to just kind of put up with it. It's stay, stay focused, focused you know? kind of like not let the not that let the yeah. small stuff kind of yeah, yeah. Get riled up. So that was a that was a real that's awesome. That's take that's it. good, man. Because that's I mean that that probably happens to so many people. You get you get a dog who's just kind of you know a little bit a little bit crazy, mm-hmm. and that's uh, that's yeah that's that's a very real world <laughs> example right there. That's, yeah, that's gonna it happen. is. You know, it, it happens. I mean, that's why I don't take my dog to the dog parks because stuff behavior like that. Yeah. You know, it comes on. Yeah, I, I, I feel you. I'm, I'm, I have a dog park five minutes yeah. from my house. Less than that, I can walk to it, and they're like, "Oh, why don't you bring your dog to the dog park?" I'm like, "No, I'm yeah. okay." <laughs> He's I'm tired. Good. She's tired all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was um, <laughs> this is funny. I was talking to someone, and their uh, uh, dog is at a doggy daycare during you know when they're at work, which sure. is fine, you know, whatever. And they're like, "Oh, my dog's gonna get home. He's gonna be dead tired for two days, you know, after doggy daycare." I was like, "Oh." I almost was like, usually my dogs run like, you know, 20, 25 miles a day yeah. for a hunt and then we'll do a day two and then day, day three and, and they're, they're kind of tired at the end, but I, I didn't, just I just listened. I said, oh, that's, that's, that sounds like a cool doggy daycare. Sure you like it. Yeah. Get your money's worth. <laughs> I'm not bashing doggy daycares, yeah, yeah. people. Okay. If you have to use one, that's fine. That's it's okay. Fine. It's just not for me. It, totally. Yeah. Totally. Oh, very cool, man. What, um, talk about hunting a little bit, hunting, hunting upland birds in Canada. What are you able to chase? How has your season been so far? Catch us, catch us up. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really new to the, to the bird upland hunting scenario, right? So there's not a lot of pheasants in it from, from my understanding and it's very limited. So if viewers want to correct me on this, Hey, I, I'm on open book, but from my understanding, they're not native to Alberta, ringneck pheasants. So uh, there are different locations across um, central and southern Alberta, actually some north too, that the um, Alberta Conservation will actually raise hen or sorry, raise birds, and they will release a certain amount sure. every week or every month. Okay. So that was my first introduction to uh, pheasant hunting. Uh, I took Millie there a couple handful of times, and we, you know, we capitalize on a few birds but you know they're not exactly the smartest of bird you know the sure. <laughs> red rays, 
They hold pretty well. You know, they don't they run, fly yeah. like 20 yards, 30 yards, and you can sure. chase it. Yeah, pen, pen yeah. And bird, yep. And so people are like, well, wait till you get her on, on, on wild birds. I'm like, all right, well, we're going to find some wild birds, right? So. So sure. Through the CKC and, and introductory of different gents, I, I've met some guys who are like, hey, you know, yeah. can we get out? And, and I'm like, yeah, I, well, sure. I don't know where to go except for that in my, in my work, line of work, I deal with a lot of um, farmers. And so I have a lot of private land accessible to me to hunt. And okay. so like, well, I think, you know, there's, there's, there's Sharpies and there are Huns, Southern Alberta. I'm like, ah, yeah, I got some clients down there. So off we go. And so... Um, and one particular um, two days. Yeah, I think we hunted two days at two different locations that were about, uh, I'd say, uh, 100 miles apart. <clears throat> so we, sure. we went to one spot uh, and found Sharpies there the one day and some Huns. But then the next day at another place, we, we found more Huns. So Sharpies and Huns you can, you okay. can find here. <clears throat> nice. And then another uh, farmer just uh, to the east of me about, uh, about an hour's drive. Uh, I was talking to one of the guys here. I'm like, hey, do you guys have any um, <clears throat> any pheasants around? He's like, dude, we have pheasants around. Like, you go there in the evening and you just hear them squawk and then call on each Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, there's, so, there's so many. I'm like, oh, really? Tell me more. <laughs> Tell me more. So I went out there um, <laughs> two weeks ago now. And, dude, like, I'm driving the gravel road. Of course, there's dead chickens all over the place. I'm like, oh, you got to be sure. kidding me. And then he turned the corner <laughs> and I'm like, there goes a bunch of sharpies. There's some more hunts. I'm like, all right. So there's three different species of birds right here that we can hunt. And uh, wow. yeah, and and so I've frequent that spot now a few times. And sure. uh, last sure. weekend, uh, I seen probably easy easy twenty or more rooster running around. Dang, that's awesome. Yeah, that, I mean that's a good. I mean those are three awesome yeah. birds to yeah, to and to be able to hunt there. them all at the same time. Uh, yeah, on private land like. I don't ever want to go to a pheasant release again. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, yeah. Why would you need to? It's, yeah. That's, it's that's super cool. fun. What, um, what was the transition like, I guess for you and Millie? So it kind of sounds like you start out yeah. with some of the trials and CKC that's kennel Canadian yeah. kennel club. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought, but just want to make sure. Um, so we started out with doing some trials and then, it sounds like you made a transition to actually wild yeah, bird hunting, yeah. right? Or so I did the pheasants first. The, sorry, the release sites first. Okay. Sure, sure. Anyway, how did she adjust to that? What did you learn from from going from the trial then to, to going to hunt birds? Like, was there any learning curve or anything yeah. that stood out to you that was Yeah, noteworthy? there is. Um, and there's still a disconnect that I'm trying to put together on this puzzle. So in, in field trials, your eyes are on the bird, on, on the dog the entire time, right? That That connection is there. So when you flush the bird, the dog does not move. But when you're hunting, your eye is on the prey because you want to harvest the prey. So there's this, I'm not no longer looking at my dog. Sure. And what I'm thinking, and this is one of my, one of my things I'm trying to take away and still keep in the back of my mind is just trust the process. Because mm. in field trials, my eyes are on the dog. I'm approaching the dog from the side or from the front. Um, the dog, the bird hopefully is between us or beside, you know, <clears throat> that's, that's been my so, training. And so somewhere, yeah, somewhere in that, that area, your dog goes on point. Yeah. And, and so yeah. I'm, I'm, she's, she's watching me for a signal and, and I'm watching her, you know, whoa, whoa, stay, stay. And then flush the bird, blow the cap gun, all is good. In hunting, my eyes are off of her because I'm looking for this bird. Where, where is this bird? 
yeah. for that and, flush. And she's, yeah, yeah. she's pretty good to hold steady and not creep. I mean, that's that's been really good to see. Um, but there's that yeah. that connection, that disconnect between field trial and hunting that I have to I have to be comfortable and, and trust her that she's going to stay even if my eyes aren't mm. on her yeah there's a trust yeah there's a trust factor yeah. it's like i'm gonna <laughs> turn my back because i'm again you're looking at the bird waiting yeah. for the flush whatever it might be and there's that trust of like i hope right? you're not creeping behind and, me and so you know we do work that drill uh when when we're doing sure. pigeons and shockers and stuff that you know just because my back is turned to doesn't give you the right to creep and we've and she has and we've tried to nip that in the butt with different things and so it's been sure. good um but that that's i think more on me than it is on her i'm, I'm trusting that she's still there when i turn around sure right so totally there's like the lack of it's like us as handlers or the hunter out there almost like us giving up a right. little bit of control you know because because again training again blank pistols on my hip one hand's on my remote right eyes are on the dog and, and in my mind, that's, that I have a little control over that situation because if she steps, I can yeah. get her with the collar. Um, in hunting, you're you're kind of letting go of some of that control to say, "All right, this dog is going to do what right. I hope they're going to do." Yeah, <laughs> to some yeah, degree. it's yeah. I've heard one guy say that he never never hunts over his own dog. That he's got a group of guys that they they hunt mm-hmm. with, and oh, so they're always rotating the dog because another hunter and then sure. the handler can still work their dog right and and that's something i'd really totally. like to do i haven't done it yet but something i'd like to get to doing with the, yeah. a few guys that i've been hunting with here recently yeah absolutely now, i remember my mentor uh or two summers ago whenever it was i i force broke uh gauge and over the summer and then heading into hunting season um he's like i was so excited i was going going for sharpies and i was all excited going in september and he's like leave, leave the gun at the car I was like, what? Mm. He's like, leave the gun at the car. <laughs> Just take him out, let him get on some Sharpies, let him get him some birds. And don't, for me, if again, if I want to keep him steady, whatever, like leave the yeah. gun, just focus on the dog. Sure, you're going to watch some birds sail, but again, you mm. got to just pick your priorities. If you want to go out there and harvest birds, awesome. More power to you. If your dog creeps, some people don't mind it. That's fine. Sure. Everyone's got different priorities, but um, if you care about a rock steady dog, whatever it might be, um, yeah, adding the adding the shotgun into the equation. Yeah, <laughs> you you have that in your hand, and the bird gets up. Well, that's the it's, thing, it's right? Hard and up. even in the trials, so after you've you've blown off your pistol, your dog's still supposed to remain. In hunting, yep. if you wound a, do- a bird, you want that dog to get that bird, right? So how do you Taking how off, do yep. you? I don't know. That's things I'm still learning, man, and I, I'm looking yeah. forward to figuring it's, it out. Yeah, it's it's a balance and it's, it's fun to watch the dogs yeah. figure it out too. Cause there's, you know, like, like both my dogs, they, they kind of know when we're out at the training field on pigeons and they know okay. when we're out hunting and there's this, there's this, again, they're not perfect, but they, they have started to associate like wild bird hunting. Like he's off at the shot after the bird. But then when we're, you know, had him out a couple, couple weeks ago and I fired the blank mm-hmm. pistol and he's still standing there. So I'm like, how really? did you pick that up? <laughs> I mean, I know they're intelligent, but yeah. And so I, they, they, they'll they get cool. there, but um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's I don't know, probably all, all sorts of people out there rolling right now going, oh, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, know. it's possible. But, you know, I'm just here to learn. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. How's, um, so how's the hunting season been for you this year? And I guess, and I guess when are your seasons to hunt 
birds there. So sharpies, yeah, sharpies and huns are all that stuff. Uh, sorry, sharpies are done. They ended uh, start of November, I think it was. Huns are still open, I think, to the end of the month, and pheasants are open till the end of the month. So actually, that's not true. They're open okay. this weekend. This weekend it closes for pheasants. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they'll be over. Okay. Is it a couple months season? Yeah. Or is it um, October, mid October, and on the release sites. Some release sites okay. are open already mid September. So you kind of get like two, three. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so you almost get like two, three right? weeks to go chase these lazy birds, and then you can go chase real birds. Okay. Yeah, a lot of so guys are like that. Yeah, it's just warm up, whatever. Train situation but sure. i'm i've talked to a few guys and even after the sure. season closes i'm gonna get out there and chase pheasants with my starter pistol and just work up. yeah yeah there you go there yeah. you go that's awesome that's awesome do you, so do you know um do you know if you guys have like mountain grouse at all like blue uh, spru- grouse, uh, spruce grouse i've seen for sure um, okay. and those are open that'll be open right till i gotta check the regs again but i think it's right till in january february i I gotta check the regs. Don't hold me to that. Okay. <clears throat> that's something I want to get sure, onto sure. as well in December. Is uh, I'd like to get out for that's a couple awesome. day winter camp and uh, flash hunting. Okay, yeah. So that's gonna yeah. in the books. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great, man. Um, so why why a Vishla for you? What uh, what was what led you to a Vishla? What are again? Tell me a little bit what the what mm-hmm. I guess what Millie is like and uh, what what was your special. <clears throat> well, it was Vishla because. I really wanted, so when I was looking, and I've had other dogs, but I really wanted my dog, even with Theus, right? Um, sure. Although he did take to my wife and my daughter, uh, probably more than me. Um, and my hesitation to pull it, no pun intended, pull a trigger on this, uh, on Millie from this Montana breeder was because when I had contacted her originally, she had two males and a female. And in my research, okay. I heard that the males will fall in love with you but the girls will like you and the females will like you. And hmm. I was like, yeah, like he, okay. he was a lap dog. Uh, <laughs> just no boundaries. Um, yeah. No personal space. No, no, no personal, bo- like personal space. He's like, all right, exactly. you're sitting there. You're working from home and he wants to be, you know, on top of the computer table. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So that being said, I, I waited a little bit long to grab a male. So when I called Donna back, she's like, yeah, I got this female left that I actually was holding back for myself. But if, if you're serious and you really want her, I would let her go. <clears throat> so bringing home Millie came at a bit of a time where, you know, our hearts were broken, having lost Theus, right, in, in such a short time. Like he was diagnosed with cancer. Hmm. And four sure. days later, I was feeding him with a, a turkey baster, just trying to keep him alive. Oh, yeah, gosh. so it came Jeez. really hard and really fast. Um, so without being on a rebound, I knew that I loved that that breed and similar to you like once you've had that breed yeah. you, you kind of fall in love with sure the, make a you know the connection yeah. the characters that they bring um so sure. then uh millie and to her instagram handle along came millie uh you know sometimes you get the dog you want sometimes you get the dog you need and this is a case where mm. I, need, I got the dog i needed you know and so mm. yeah just yeah. A, just a real connection between her and i because um, we spend so much time in the field and, and on training, we train once a week, like on the grounds, and then I, I do yard work at home. Sure. Um, yeah. But <laughs> we kind of say that she's broken in a sense because Theus, you know, if you're on the couch, it was like, <laughs> dude, you got the whole couch, but why do you got to sit on my lap? 
Where her, yeah. I'll be yeah. on the couch. As long as she's in the same room, she can be like on a chair somewhere else or on the floor or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So she's a little, she's more, a little more independent yeah, yeah. then. Yeah. So it's, okay. it's, okay. she, she knows she's got her own characteristics. Um, sure. yeah, she's, she's biddable though. Like very trainable. She wants to, uh, she's food driven. So, you know, if you really need to do something, you pull a treat out of your pocket sure. and she'll scale a wall for that. She's oh, yeah. motivated, yeah. right? And you ready to, to work, right? Yeah, now. and she's very she's to. very um soft in nature, right? So <clears throat> I don't have to raise my sure. voice or or even like there's no firm hand. I just correct her, put her back, whoa, stay. And um, sure. and she does that, right? So that's great. I, I, that's that's great, especially for again, someone new to hunting, new to upland hunting, right? Like you want mm-hmm. a dog, like you said, biddable who's going to kind of forgive some of your, some of our mistakes, right? Like as as new handlers, we're going to make a ton. And that's really, like you said, you got the dog you needed. Yeah. Like like, kind of help, help you along as well. And that's, yeah, I got great. Like you, you use the word mentor, refer to your mentor by, by quite a bit. And I've been, I feel very blessed to have had contact with, uh, with this couple on these breads. I mean, they'll, they'll work with any dog, but, it's such a cool pairing between the two of them. She does a lot of the the puppy stuff, and, and even Tamili, like she's a year and a half. But if there's things like just yard work, you know, steady the flush, um, Tom. Uh, he's and I love this. Don't mistake meekness for weakness. You can be meek and still be firm, mm. right? And and so I learned so a lot from just watching him um, with her and. And that's what I love about going there is yeah. like, here's what you need to do. And then I'll do it. And they'll critique me as much as a dog. And I'm, and I'm cool with that because I, yeah. I just want to be the sponge that, sure. you know, that's how I'm going to get. Totally. You're not going to learn if, if they say, yep, great job. Yeah, Jody. <laughs> Way to go. See thanks you next for hanging time. Out. It's like, you're not going to learn anything. Yeah. No, they, and they're, they're just sweet yep. people. And so, uh, yeah, no, I've, I've there, I consider them my mentors, you know, for sure. That's awesome, man. That's, I'm glad you glad you found them. Um, I was I was gonna th- kind of ask you about the training side of things. Like, has it just been a lot of just kind of watching, learning, asking questions? Has there been any other, um, maybe I guess other influences or, or resources that yeah, you've, you know, you <clears throat> le- learned? I did or, when I when I first used? brought Millie home. I I hooked on to Standing Stone Kennels. They are yeah. They, they, they had awesome. a video series. They probably have many of them, but the one that I seen was they had like a. 12 or 15 month old pop week pop, sorry, sorry to say. And they were just doing placement training, sure. right. And clicker training. And I, I'd watch that video. I'm like, I can do that. I can set this up in my bonus room. You know, so I'd go make a little crate of the two by fours and I'd put it in the corner of the room. So it can't slide that yep. place kennel, you know, over and over. And I just watched those videos with her, um, extensively and just kind of Worked up. Then, I, of course, get onto okay. some books and some. Good. It's good to go. Cool. Where were you? Uh, pick up from kind of what were you saying? Yeah, that's a great question. I know. I was, <laughs> I was hoping you were going to remember. <laughs> In uh, regards to that. Anyways, I think I was talking about um, just the training that I've done here with Standing Stone. Yeah, yeah. And and working with uh, with Millie uh, through their video series. And then, of course, getting in touch with, uh, with Kim and Tom. And then uh, just reading books and, and talking to people. Listening to podcasts like uh, like yourself, uh, the Flush. There's a few others that aren't coming to mind, but just listening to people's experiences and and things that they've been doing with their dogs, and uh, yeah, just just 
watching and, and listening. That's what I try mm. to do most of. Mm. I, I was going to ask you, like, again, being, being somewhat new to this, you're still in the grind, you're still figuring things out, which, which we all are to some degree. We're all still learning. Yeah. I, I can't say that enough, but, um, any like, um, I guess any like kind of roadblocks or hurdles that you have had to, I guess, face or, or overcome being new to hunting, got a young dog, like kind of figuring this out on your own mm-hmm. and any like kind of hurdles you've had to kind of overcome over the last year and a half or so. Yeah, I think, well, one of the things that I'm still sitting on the fence with is, is the force fetch, um, conversation hmm. and, um, a dog bone. What's, uh, I can't remember his, his first name, but, uh, he doesn't do force fetch. He, he just does hold conditioning. Okay. And of course he's got retrievers, but now he's got a pointer. No, no, he's got a, uh, a pointing breed of some kind. Anyways, that being said, I, I find there's a, there's a, a bit of a conversation on a different podcast I've listened to and whether you should and whether you shouldn't, sure. and whether you should do the toe hitch or whether you do the, the ear pinch and, and so on and so forth. I, for her first year, I, I went the road of hold conditioning. Okay. Um, and I think I wouldn't change that with her anyways, being a biddable dog and a very soft dog and she's soft in the mouth. So she doesn't chew. Um, but just getting her up off the ground and, and putting something in her mouth and, and hold. And she would, sure. at first she didn't want to put it in her mouth and she would put it in her mouth and she'd look away and, and she just wanted nothing to do with it. Right. And sure. I started with like a half inch wooden dowel. It wasn't yeah. anything ridiculous. Sure. Something pretty small. Very small. And I kept it short and I just did that. Get her up on the bench. And if she would get up on the bench, that in itself was a win to me. And then work to the hold conditioning. So now, now I'm to the point where I think this year I will still introduce force fetch. Okay. Um, she's gotten much better by putting different things in her mouth. Like I, I, I throw videos up all the time. Yeah, yeah. I've seen some of those. You can yeah. just get comfortable with it. Yeah, just yeah. get comfortable. Did she have pet. any, just sorry to cut you off. Did she have yeah. any, um, I guess, natural drive to go pick up either birds or bumpers or anything like that? Or was she kind of like, eh, I'm good? No, she did for bumpers right away. Okay. Yeah. Bumpers, balls, doesn't matter. Right. Um, so that was good. Um, of course, that in conjunction with heel conditioning to bring her to me again, to get her sure. back. Um, and, there, and, and I've put videos out there for people to comment and even just to DM me privately say, hey, sure. have you thought about this? Have you tried that? Yeah. Because I don't know. So it's my way of asking yeah. for people's advice. <laughs> yeah. Give me all your advice. <laughs> On a large, broad scale. Yeah. And maybe there's a junior or someone that's – and this is one of the things that I think is very important for us to remember is there's always someone ahead of me, but there's always someone behind me. Sure. Absolutely. Right. And people have, like, I got another buddy that I met who's got a brand new Brit and he's like, Hey, how did you get her to, to retrieve? And I'm like, Oh, this is the things that I did. And here's the things I've been watching and I've been reading and whatever, just pass it on. Right. Yeah. It's how you pass it forward. Um, but that's, that thing I think for me still is being, getting back to answering your question is whether I should force fetch or not. And I think this year we will just to really hit that home. Sure. Um, but like, yeah, like putting down a water bottle or putting down a remote control, um, telling her to fetch. And, and she'll look at me like, really? You want me to pick up a remote control? <laughs> She's like, what do you think I am? Yeah, but it's just getting her used to picking up something different, sure. right? Like I did the ball and then yeah. I did pheasant wings and then I did canvas bumpers sure. and then rubber ducks and, and then, you know, whatever, sticks, uh, 
the bottle with the water for her right now, that that's a hurdle. And I really? love watching it. Yeah, because it's something that she's got to squish harder. Yeah. To keep in her mouth that's got flexibility to got it. A little weight to it, moves around a little bit. Moves around. Yeah. Like to go back and forth is not an issue, but to turn around with that bottle mm, takes an enormous amount of brain power for her to yeah. like robot <laughs> like, around. I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. Uh, this is so awkward. <laughs> You know, it's like holding hands when you're just like a 13, you know, like right, right. I, just, <laughs> just, I know just I want to do this, but this exactly. feels really awkward. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's fun, man. Well, I, again, I am no pro at force fetch. I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to watch your journey unfold and I'm going to learn from you over Are the you next know? little okay. while. Again, I, I, I think I got lucky. I force fetch gauge a couple of years ago. Yeah. And again, watching YouTube videos and all that good stuff. And um, it worked really well. And so, again, I'm coming yeah. to that point probably next, yeah, probably next summer or this coming summer, I guess. I'll probably do something similar with Win. And um, yeah. so we'll see. Okay. Again, always learning, always, you know, okay, is this the best method? You know, what should we, what should we be trying? But yeah. And I think it's, it's different from dog to dog, right? Temperament oh, and character, which yep. is something to, that I'm trying to consider as well, you know. Yeah. But I, I think she'd take to it. And I don't think it would take very long because she's. Sure. She wants yeah, to please. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like she's very, yeah, eager to, you know, do what she needs to do. <laughs> get her, get her, yeah. takes her job serious, I should say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess one of the hurdles we're, you know, working through right now too is, is the fetching of birds. Sure. Because um, she'll fetch a pheasant or she'll fetch a, a bumper, even wrapped in feathers all day long. But it yeah. comes to that bird, there's something there that's different again, whether it be the scent or the blood on the bird or yeah. whatever. But uh, I did a video this last week. I was at my buddy. He shot a bird. And so we, we just practiced, uh, you know, a retrieval with her. And she did bring it, especially with other dogs around. I, I was just going to say, so, okay, so so Wynn, my younger female, um, never has retrieved a bird. Uh, one pigeon, like, kind of, she played with it a little bit, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, hunting pheasants the other day with my buddy. And we had Gage and then his uh, GSP down. And first bird she ever retrieved. And I think it was the other dogs. It, it was a, it was a, she pointed it. They went after it and she was first there and she picked it up and brought the freaking bird back. Okay. Never has done that before. Again, mostly hunters, hunter alone. Yeah. So I don't know if it was the other dogs that kind of like, there was this competition kind of thing, but she brought that damn pheasant back and I was like, what the freak? <laughs> like, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But again, so for yeah, her, like said. for Millie, it's reverse. If there's other dogs huh. around, uh, not so much because I, I attest to it. Uh, the summer where I was working some water work with her. And I'd sent her on a retrieve in the water. And that was gradual to get there, too. It was about a sure. safely a 30-yard pitch. And she was out there getting. And the other dog took off into the water and actually got on her back three times and pushed her under the water. Okay, okay. So and she turned around and yeah. she wanted nothing to do with that. Sure. And I wonder now if that plays a bit into it. Sure. Like on her own, no trouble. But other dogs around, eh. Yeah. I don't, someone else can pick it up. Maybe sure. I won't pick it up this yeah. Time. That's so, interesting. Yeah, I think, yeah, like you said, it can be so different for dog to dog, breed to breed. Yeah. All these variables that we get to encounter. Yeah, it's it's fun, though. I really, it I is. do appreciate the process. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, man. You have, uh, you have any more plans for uh, trials and all that good stuff? You Is it kind of the same system, at least in, are you doing like the, the hunt test, sounds like, right? Or the... Yeah, so uh, this year I'll probably... Yeah, so I'll do the field trials for sure. Okay. Um, she's got one leg of her FDJ. Okay. Um, so I want to get that under her belt and then get through the FD likely. And we'll see maybe the FDA, which is the advanced. I mean, she's okay. doing some things now already on the advanced side of things. Sure. 
So, but she's only, you know, like a year and a half, right? Yeah, so we'll yeah, see. She's young. She's young. She's young. Yeah. So she did the, did four derbies or sorry, two open derbies and two puppies. Okay. And she came with a third out of the four and honorable mem- honorable mention on the fourth. Okay. Um, so I'd like to do it this year again with her and, and yeah. put her in and see how she goes. Yeah. And then I'll probably enter into some NAVDA um, testing as well, just okay. to get that international stuff. Yeah. Have you, yeah. have you dabbled with that at all or the NAVDA? No, I haven't at all. No, no. no. I've gone to some training clinics that they've had. Um, did a, <laughs> did a duck drag or oh, yeah. a, a pigeon drag, I guess, in the okay. sense, but that was her very first attempt at it. So she used the, she just used the wind. She's like, screw this. <laughs> Boom. Ran over there, locked on point. I'm like, well, that's where the, that's where it's at. She sure. didn't, didn't really follow the grass. She yeah, went yeah. for the wind. Good try. Good try. Yeah. Good try. But I'm going to try to do some drag work. I actually kept a, um, a, a bit of the hide of a, a deer that I had uh, harvested. Okay. And so I'm going to roll that up and, uh, and drag that through the grass okay. and make her work her nose and yeah. see how that works. Try yeah. that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool, man. It's fun. Uh, it's fun hearing a journey like this. That's again, somewhat new, got a young dog, like figuring this stuff out. I think that's cool to, again, just kind of see, um, again, see, see kind of the path everyone takes on this stuff. It's, it's really, really fun to watch. It is. You know what I don't, people used to ask me, you know, what do you want out of your dog? I'm like, I don't know. I've never you, had a dog. You don't know what you don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it's your first dog. I mean, you first know? hunting dog now. And yeah. And I think there's a lot of ways to get there. It's, it's just finding the one that works for you and your dog. Preach that's, that. Preach that. Cause that's, that's, yeah, you gotta find what works for you and works for your dog. I, I know I've said that before on here, but multiple ways to get there, multiple ways to skin a cat. We, we've all mm-hmm. heard the saying, but has to make sense to you has to work for your dog and your style and then you'll and then you'll figure it out what what you want to do on your second dog your third dog yeah when you can attest this because you got what seven dogs something like that seven kids maybe i don't know <laughs> lose track <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna be like uh uh Susanna love from the smith kennels i asked her how my dog she had and she's like oh, right don't ask, don't ask me that <laughs> Well, I think Jeremy put it best. You got to have the one-to-one ratio, right? So you yeah, gotta, exactly. I guess I'm got to work that out. Outside. Yeah, you got to work that out. But you can, you'd know this just as well as anybody that yeah. every dog's got a different character, just like yeah. every kid's got a different way of learning too, right? Totally. So the thing that I'm, I'm trying to keep in the forefront of my mind is what is, what is Millie teaching me? Hmm. About my own character, my handling, my attitude, uh, my patience, sure. because sometimes I want something more than she does. Like, yeah. Right? Like it's that last retrieve 100%. and she was so good. And I'm like, why did I throw that one? Now she's yeah. not interested. What did I learn about that? Just take it easy, man. That's so good. That's so good. <laughs> Dude, I love it. Um, tell me a little bit. I, I know we're going to do uh, do something a little later in the week. Um, and then you got a little side thing. You do uh, Maple Made. Yeah. Well, what? First off, tell everyone what, what, what is Maple Made and then describe the, uh, describe what do you call these saws you make? Yeah, so I started uh, in 2018. Uh, I started making buck saws, foldable uh, heritage buck saws for okay. the outdoorsman uh, camper. Okay. I'd call them uh, bushcrafters, is what they're formerly known as now. I okay. guess. Nice. But uh, they yeah, look so intense. Like the- they look. In- I mean, I'll just, I'll just say they look freaking intense. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty sweet, man. I, I will say, I'm yeah. biased about it, but no, they're 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 fun, right? Um, so that's kind of the outdoors genre that I fall mostly into. Um, so sure. Maple Made Co. is my other Instagram handle. That's where I sell saws. Sure. Outdoor camping and, and cooking and so on and so forth. 
And yeah, so I started that in 2018. And then, you know, the products just kind of, they evolved from there. I did the one saw and then I had a customer ask me if I could do like a folding saw. I'm like, "Eh, I don't do folding saws. Okay. Anyway, uh, he ships me his saw because he had a small version of what he was looking for that sure. you know, for quite a few years, a blade was dulled. And he's like, just just keep the saw until you've made something that mm. you're proud of and then ship it back to me. Mm. I'm like, all right. So, you know, it was almost a, a year on my bench. I'd walk past. I'm like, yeah. sure. Anyways, long story short, all of a sudden I had an idea. I'm like, hey, I think I can make something work here. So then that, that, that uh, was born the Rocky Mountain Folder, I call it. Okay. And then the single handle, it's got a small handle with a longer blade. Um, that I call the bush pike. Um, and just because the, the pikes have a lot of teeth on them, right? Uh, okay, okay. And I was so, going to say, all these saws, I mean, they're all serrated teeth, right? It's not, not no smooth yeah. blades. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're wood saws um, and, and a lot of campers, overlanders. Uh, sure. It, it's a great little tool, right? So, yeah, yeah started that in 2018. And... Um, that's kind of the have the foldables kind of been kind of go a go to is that what kind of most people are looking for something more foldable or uh the foldable or the fixed blade okay yeah yeah um the buck saws are good too but they they they're more for the traditionalist right the guy that's mm. uh got the wax canvas leather okay. uh, kind of wants to go back in in yesteryear <laughs> sure sure kind of yeah and, and and that's cool it's it's for everybody but sure. uh yeah, I'm not that guy. I'm kind of a hybrid, you know. Sure. I like camping, but I like some. I don't like wax canvas and leathers on my back sure. to get point A to point B. <laughs> That's been done. You want comfort? I want a little bit of comfort. I want lightweight. You know, yeah. I'm getting to the point where I'm just like, I don't need an extra fifty pounds in gear. I just want sure. to get there with as as light as I can, or drive there. You know, yeah. that's okay too. Did you? Driving is driving is totally okay. <laughs> it's efficient. Gets you there. It gets me there. Oh. I'm set up in 30 seconds or yeah. less, and I can leave whenever I want to leave. <laughs> so true. So true. Well, that's pretty cool, man. I've uh, those are some pretty uh, pretty sweet looking saws. I have a nice. You, you mentioned I have like a it's a super old like foldable kind of saw thing like that. And I think that's kind of okay. what you're what you're talking about. It has like the teeth on it. And yeah, yeah. I, think I got it for when I thought I was going to be a deer hunter. Ah, nice. <laughs> I sold oh, you still could. No, oh, I sold all my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I just spent the money on more upland stuff. So, okay. Yeah. Well, there comes a point where you got to pick your pick your. You do. Office. You do. I, you have to, especially with kids and sports and all that stuff. Yeah. And so I was like, so I got up on the hunting and then everything else. It's just yes. Had to had to pick my battles and pick my uh, my time that I'm away. I appreciate so. that. Yeah. No. Definitely. I certainly appreciate that. It's yeah. uh, hunting is not a cheap hobby, no matter which no. avenue you take. Right. No, it's so it's not. Yeah. You got the dogs, the gear, all that good stuff. Um, well, brother, we're going to uh, start wrapping this thing up, bringing it home, yeah. but i got a couple more uh, couple more questions I'd love to uh, ask you. Um, so kind of the staple one here is, uh, you know, talking to the uh, the rookie uplander out there, someone listening to this right now, uh, mm-hmm. what's a piece of advice you would share with them? Um, ask questions and, and just don't be afraid to look stupid. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it's probably not me, a nice me to way to put that, but sure. I think if you're going to learn, you got to ask. And you've always heard in school, they say, there's no dumb question, right? Um, and I think it, in any outdoor, I shouldn't say, it, most outdoor genres of people, they just want to bring people along for the sure. ride because there's so much enjoyment of helping others, right? And so, yeah, I'd say just just ask questions and don't be afraid to make mistakes. The dog's mm. going to, is very forgivable, mm. right? Uh, 
I know I do things all the time. Like I probably should have done at that time, but like, for example, always throwing one more retrieve. And then she's like, ah, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so now I keep it short, you know, yeah, yeah. four or five, we're done. Let's see. Yep. Let's go home. Yep. Yeah. Just don't be afraid that's of making good. mistakes and don't, don't be afraid of asking questions. That's good, man. Oh, that's, that's so true. Great advice right there. So you, you picked it up quickly. So well done. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> um, all right. A couple uh, rapid fire questions here for you and uh, we'll wrap it up, brother. Uh, for you, Jody, what came first? The dog, the gun or the bird? It was the gun, but the gun. not the shotgun. Okay. Right. Because I was rifle. I was big game hunting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But the, yeah. the gun was that first. Yeah. That first introduction for you. Yeah. It, 270 Tika. That okay. was my first rifle. Nice. Nice, man. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, what shotgun are you carrying into the field and why? <laughs> uh oh. Uh-oh. There's a story. I, Get ready, everyone. It's a short one, though. Um, <laughs> so I started with a side by side. Okay. Um, I think it's a Stoker uh, 20 gauge. I'm sorry, 12 gauge. Um, very short. I, my buddies tease me because he's like, "Are you here to shoot birds or rob a stagecoach?" Like, oh gosh, like a <laughs> sawed-off <laughs> shotgun. <laughs> I oh, can boy. easily hide that in a jacket. Like, sure. Like, I don't even know if that's actually legal, man. Uh, I showed up at a sporting place. He's like, "I don't think you're supposed to have that gun." Sure, <laughs> you're like, "That's a self-defense shotgun." <laughs> oh gosh, but it's still there. I, I've taken a couple of ge- uh, ducks with it. But anyways, I I take the front sheet 20 gauge, man. That, it's a oh, nice. Gun. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I got the same gun. It's a, it's a beauty. It is nice. Yeah, it's, nice, like it. it's a nice, nice gun. Swings nice. Not too heavy. So, all right. Uh, favorite dog breed besides the ones you've owned? I knew you were going to ask this. Of course. I've listened to your podcast enough times to know. Um, only because I've not had one, but I like the way they look. The way yeah. they look is, is the draw. They got that beard going oh, on sure. for themselves. Yeah. The bearded wonder. The bearded wonder. I also like the, the wide-haired Vizsla. I mean, it's kind of... Nope. Eh, can't do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's my podcast. I can make the rules. You can make your rules. All right. I just gave up 10 points. We'll go with the draw. Um, yeah. No, I, I think that's what I... I like the looks of them. They just kind of yeah. have this rough, gruff look to them. No, they do for sure. They look like badass bird dogs for sure. I'd like right? to hunt with a dog like that, like yeah. behind one. I think it'd be a cool experience just that to see be. what they can do. That would yeah, be. man. Awesome. Uh, a couple more here. Uh, one piece of gear you would never hunt without. And, and you can't say shotgun and you can't say your dog. <laughs> Can I say uh, Garmin? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I did pick up the uh, Alpha 10 okay. uh, because I lost her in the woods, actually, mm. for about 20 minutes. And that okay. kind of gave me a bit of a scare. So I was like, Heck enough yeah. of that. So. How, how do you like the 10? I like it. Uh, it's got some really cool features. I I like the 550 because I have the buttons. It's just very. It, it's just into. It's just intuitive. I know where the buttons it, are. It's, it's very tactile, and you can yeah. Yeah, I, I can have it in my jacket or my pocket, and I know what I'm doing. With that sure. one, I got to look at it and see. But they both have their their pros. Sure, absolutely. That's good. That's good. No, so it's such an important piece of gear to have. I cannot preach that enough of GPS on your dog because. Yeah, I got a good scare and I kind of... Yeah, that'll do it. (laughs) That'll that'll do it. (laughs) Um, All right. Uh, Favorite bird to hunt and why? Uh, Well, very limited, but I do like the the pheasants. Uh, Yeah. 
I think they're just a beautiful bird. Um, at least the wild ones that I've hunted, they're just like, they're in your face. Like they hold, they're either, this is my big experience. Either they're gone at like 300 yards <laughs> or they're within three feet. Or, or they're right there. Yeah. It's like you no. get one or the other. You get one or the other. Uh, yeah. Either way you're, you're going to see them, but at least little, that's been my experience. So, yeah. but I do, I, I think they're a beautiful bird and I, I like that kind of, I know they're here somewhere. Just when are they going to pop? Right? Sure. Yeah. Yep. No, they're they're fun to hunt. The little, the little jerks of the uplands, though, because like you said, they're unpredictable. They are jerks. Yeah. <laughs> um, two more here. Uh, your go-to snack on a hunting trip? Uh, I like um, smoked smoked meat that I might make myself. Oh, some sausage or uh, some jerky or something. And there I'm big go. into that, so. That's awesome. Yeah. You, so you make your own jerky now? Dang. Make my own jerky. Yeah. That's awesome. Last time I went out hunting, I had uh, some. Uh, of my own sausage I made. So okay. pretty Dang. decent. That's good. It's better than the last couple episodes I've had. People keep talking about these pies. It's like meat pies. What? I don't know. Last two, last two guests I've had that if it's so a Bailey Taylor and uh, Mike Thompson, both shared both similar. Like it's this meat pie you get at the grocery store. It's like kind of small and then like yeah. put it on your radiator to warm it up in your truck. I don't know. It's weird. No. It's weird. I know. <laughs> So thank you for going just like a normal, like so I just, just I a normal. A yeah. Jalapeno cheddar, venison smokies. That's what I Beautiful. had on last trip. Load yeah. me up. I love it. Um, <laughs> beverage of choice after a hunt. I, I like a whiskey and ginger ale. Um, okay. You know, once I'm home. Sure. Uh, a lot of guys are like, oh, water. Yeah. Well, I get it. Because yeah, you're we're all, dehydrated. We're all right? drinking water after. <laughs> <laughs> the last 22 kilometers I put on last weekend, I was eating snow, man. I was out of water. I was like chomping oh, snow. Oh, I was no. like, dang, I got to get some more liquid in me. That's when you know it's bad, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was pretty thirsty. But not, I like, a, you know, I like a, it's nice scotch. And, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's awesome. It's, it's, it's a stupid question. Speaking of asking, you know, no, no questions dumb, right? Is scotch whiskey? Are they one and the same? I believe it's different. Okay. I've never had scotch, so I don't know. I've had whiskey, though. You're asking the wrong guy. Like, I'm not a connoisseur, but I thought you would uh, know. Hey, you know. You just lost some more points. I'm going to say scotch is um, is whiskey. Okay. All right. We will get corrected. So, oh, there's going to be someone DMing. Direct all (laughs) people, direct all complaints to Jody. (laughs) All hockey questions to me, please. No, 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 no. Direct hockey questions of me. You've, you've <laughs> tossed, you handed in your Canadian card. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an illegal immigrant at this yeah, point. I mean, basically <laughs> that's a different podcast. Oh man. This is, uh, this has been fun, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for jumping on here and, uh, and just sharing your story. I, I love, um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about dogs being so unique. Like people are so unique in our stories. True. Um, and how we got to where we are now, whether it's someone hunting for 20 years or someone who's been at it a year and a half or so. So mm-hmm. um, really appreciate you, uh, you sharing it with us. Well, likewise, man, I'm, I'm happy to say that, uh, it's been a really cool journey and I've, I've learned a lot from, from listening to your podcast. Um, and the folks that you've had on, uh, it's a good v- wide variety of people and, and of different ex- experience and expertise. Sure. And, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it, I travel a lot, so it really helps my uh, time on the highway go through. <laughs> well, uh, well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad glad it can help a little bit. <laughs> uh, I listen to three or four sometimes back yeah. to back to back. I'm like, sure. okay, this is good stuff, right? Yeah, so, well, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, and if I can help somebody that's coming up that knows nothing about it, sure. I, I, we're in the same boat. Like I know sure. very little, but um, what I have learned has been 
um, been really fun. Yeah, that's awesome. And if people want to uh, follow along, uh, Instagram best way. You on Facebook? Anything? What's the what best way? For yeah, I'm on Instagram. To along? Um, for for Millie, along came Millie is uh, is our handle there. And for my other outdoor activities, Maple Made Co is where okay. I'm at. So awesome. between those two, that's awesome. And man. and thanks for being a guest uh, upcoming series of Meet Your Maker um, through through Maple Made Co, which is going to happen tomorrow. Yes, very um, excited. So that'll be fun live, uh, and then I'll post that. Um, on on my uh, Instagram handle, so yeah. people can watch that. That's awesome. So, it'll I'm be me asking you questions here. Yeah, shortly. little, little uh, reverse role. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, it'll be fun, man. It should be fun. I haven't done an IG live yet, so it'll be a good all time. right. Sweet, sweet. Yeah. So see, Jeremy. Uh, we haven't, we didn't rip on Jeremy much this episode, which was kind of no. You know, I was actually hoping that he would request to maybe be a part of the live coming up. I'll have to just give him a message. Yeah, he, he loves be being on. He loves being on video. I'm still waiting for a T-shirt from Jeremy. I think that'd be the best, man. You're not the fir- the first one to request that. Really? I was say, oh no, I've, I've had a couple other requests. They want like the Jeremy in a stash and on a on a shirt or a hat or something. So yeah, I think so. Is we'll there see. is there something that Jeremy says like that? That's his go-to line. Like, oh gosh, he says a lot of dumb things, but <laughs> he's probably turned this off by now. <laughs> he probably <laughs> he's probably like screw this. I'm not getting roasted again. I'm through with this. Yeah. (laughs) Love you, Jeremy. All right, Jody. Thanks so much, man. It's been a blast. We'll uh, we'll be talking to you soon. I really appreciate the time. Thank you. All right. Take care. And that's a wrap of episode 69 with Jody Funk from Maple Made Co. Jody, thank you so much, man. That was a ton of fun. I especially appreciated our hockey talk. Uh, speaking of, I, I got to catch the Avs game here in just a little bit. Uh, my boys have been kind of up and down this season, but it's uh, it's been going well. I have faith in faith in the abs they got they got a lot of time a lot of games ahead of them so no need to worry but anyways thank you jody for uh sharing your your time your knowledge your passion with us um really excited to see uh, your journey continue to unfold uh along with millie and uh, whatever other dogs you pick up here in the future you never know man you can never have too many dogs Hey guys, uh, if you recently ordered a hat from me, I will be getting those out in the mail tomorrow, which is Friday, December something or other. So uh, don't worry, I'll be getting those out to you. I still have some hats left. So if you'd like a hat, uh, shoot me a message on Instagram. It's going to be the best way to get a hold of me. And uh, if not, Facebook Messenger as well. I will periodically check that. Uh, I need to get better at checking Facebook. But if you'd like a hat, let me know. I know we got Christmas coming up. Uh, make a great gift, whether it's for your husband, your wife, your spouse, your kids, whoever it might be. Uh, have some awesome, awesome Upland Rookie hats. A uh, couple different varieties, styles, patch colors, all that good stuff. So get your orders in super quick. Would like to get the rest of these hats gone sooner than later. Anyways, until next time, go put some miles on those boots and follow your favorite bird dog. Take care. <laughs>